Joining us now via telephone, the North Carolina State Superintendent of Public Instruction, Catherine Truitt. Good morning. Really appreciate your time today. Hey, good morning. Happy to be here. Yeah, great to have you. Before we dive into some of the great initiatives that you and your staff have implemented, I do want your perspective, uh, Superintendent, on some of the challenges that are facing Durham Public Schools recently. Have you had any conversation with the folks in Durham? No, I have not. This is something that is up to the local government commission in terms of how they handle next. Uh, Raises were approved without the financial infrastructure in place to support them, and on top of that, they're having transportation personnel absences and uh, had to, to, to cancel class yesterday. So um, this is something that they will figure out. And um, there's really no vehicle for the state to intervene. Perfect. I uh, do want to ask about the new toolkit, which you made available, that says it will align North Carolina students with the changing workforce within the K-12 through education system. Can you tell us more about this toolkit and what it will do to help our children? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the goals of my administration has been to better align K-12 education with what happens to students after high school, because, you know, not all, not all students want to go to college. Um, and so we want to make sure that our employers who are always asking, well, how can I get involved in what's happening in high schools to make sure that I have the talent pool that I need to, to, to grow my business? And so we created this toolkit, which really takes the mystery out of helping businesses connect with schools. And it, it also encourages businesses to train and hire locally, which I'm really excited about, especially in our more rural communities where we have growing businesses. And finally, I would say that it promotes career exploration for students. We only about 30% of kids graduate every year and get a two or four year degree by the time they're 24 years old. So we need to make sure that all students, especially those who are not going on to college, know what their opportunities are, and and have a chance to figure out what they want to do before they graduate from high school. Yeah, a couple of follow-ups to that. You mentioned figuring out what they don't want to do. I mean, I tell people who want to go into broadcasting all the time, there are a lot of different avenues, right? But it's there in front of the microphone, behind the camera, behind the scenes, whatever. Would you say that it's just as important for these kids that are in high school to figure out what, figure out what they don't want to do versus maybe what they do want to do for their vocation? Absolutely. And they need to start having that conversation with their teachers and parents in middle school. Um, I, I think that a lot of kids um, think about, well, I, you know, I, I know I want to go to college, but they don't necessarily know what career path they're going to take. And then, and I think figuring out what you don't want to do has to include college because so many kids start college and are not able to persist to the second year, and then they have debt, and we know what our student debt crisis looks like in this country, and so um, we just think early intervention, starting in middle school, and helping kids figure out what they do and they don't want to do is key. Visiting with North Carolina State Superintendent of Public Instruction, Catherine Truitt, kind of a follow-up to that, over 325,000 credentials were earned by career and technical education high school students in the 2022-23 school year. That was the highest attainment rate in 13 years. Did that showcase some of the great things that are going on in our schools, but also showcasing that, hey, some of these kids are starting to figure out what they want to do after they finish high school? That's exactly right. A lot of people say to me, why don't we have vocational education anymore? And the truth is that we do have it. And and in fact, our rural districts are doing it even better than some of our urban schools. But that number, that 325,000 credentials attained last year, as you said, it's the highest in state history. 
that's important because those credentials align with industry-recognized credentials. And that gives students an advantage in a competitive labor market. And it gives them real-world experience. We're so excited that we have kids graduating who, for example, are at the time of graduation, halfway through their electrical apprenticeship so that they turn 18, they can, they can finish that apprenticeship and start making $50,000 a year right off the bat. So these credentials are key to making sure that students have a pathway as soon as they cross that graduation stage. You used electrical for an example, but I'm curious, are there other credentials that you can see that were widespread that were earned by students in North Carolina? Yes. So a lot of IT credentials. We have students who are learning how to code when they're in high school. Um, A lot of other kinds of construction trades. Um, There are culinary credentials that are being earned and also um, credentials in allied health professions like CNAs. I do want to ask about the use of artificial intelligence in schools. Do you have any concerns with the use of AI in our public schools? Well, not concerns as much as just, um, you know, kind of a caution for educators and students and their parents, because I think it's really easy to, to quickly jump to, oh, that's cheating, when, when really this is just, you know, kind of reminds me of when calculators came into being and kids were, had calculators <laughs> at school. And, of course, we figured out how to integrate calculators into math class and even math testing. But the truth is that AI is here to stay. AI is a tool that's being used in businesses on the job, and employers expect that students will know how to use AI productively. It is a huge time saver for um, for our teachers, and we're, we're going to be working very closely across the state to make sure that our teachers are going to get some professional development on how to use AI in the classroom. It can do lesson planning. It can make sure that instruction is personalized for students who might have learning challenges. And like anything else technology-based, it's something that we we cannot stick our head in the sands on. We have to learn how to use it effectively. And that's why we created this guidance for districts. And, And part of that guidance is what we call an acceptable use scale. So when a student gets an assignment, that assignment needs to come with guidance from the teacher on is AI acceptable to use on this on this assignment? And if so, how much? Because if it's not acceptable to use, as per the teacher's instructions, and the student uses it, then it's cheating. But if the student was permitted to let AI assist them in doing the assignment, it's not cheating. And so both in K-12 and in higher education, educators are going to have to start thinking about um, how we define cheating. And, and I think that's a, a very interesting place to be right now. Wow. A lot more to get into. Uh, we're out of time. State Superintendent of Public Instruction, Catherine Truitt, thank you so much for your time this morning. We'd love to have you back to talk more about these subjects. Anytime. Thank you so thank much. Thank you for so much. Questions. Yeah, have a great day. You too.